Hebrews chapter 12, let's start in verse number 14 and get to the message here this morning. It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, which that's kind of a heavy statement in and of itself. It says, if you can't pursue peace with people and holiness, you can't see the Lord. Verse 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. A few weeks ago, we started this series called Travel Light, and the premise to this series is understanding that this world is not our home. We're just passing through, and that there are a lot of things in this life that can begin to hold us back, begin to weigh us down. And so the, the premise from the scripture and the premise from God is to look at those, to look at those things that are causing us to be weighed down and stopping our progress and beginning to deal with it. In the Christmas season, things tend to get ramped up. And so we've been talking about it. So we talked about how we let go of stuff, how we don't let stuff own us, and how we trust God. And this week, we're going to be talking about something that's going to feel a little bit heavy, but I think it's something that we've all dealt with. And it might even be something that you're dealing with right now. And if you're not dealing with it right now, it's going to be something that stems back up because the enemy doesn't play fair. We can call him the enemy. We can call him Satan. We can call him the little red guy, whatever you want to call him. He don't play fair. And the topic that we're talking about today has the ability to sabotage your life, your family, your dreams, and your goals. So today, if you're taking notes, we're going to be talking about letting go of bitterness. Letting go of bitterness. Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you guys have ever noticed, and this is, you got to be honest, that it, it seems like it takes just the wrong person to walk into the room to completely change the atmosphere of what was going on. You ever been there before? You ever had a family member walk in on Thanksgiving or Christmas and because of the course of the year, there's been some type of offense or some type of conflict that when they come over, it just seems like um, it's difficult. Let me, let me kind of put it this way. Have you noticed that it's hard to live at peace with certain people in your life? I'll just say in your life because that could be your work. It could be your family. It could even be you. At times, it could be difficult to be at peace. I think all of us have those types of people in our lives. And I believe that one of the greatest tools that the enemy uses is division in the lives of people, division in families. So what do we, what do we really know from the Bible? We know that God wants you to love, but we know that the enemy wants to kill love. We know that God wants you to grow intimacy but the enemy wants to destroy intimacy. We know that God would want you to trust, but the enemy wants to steal trust, and he wants to leave us, he wants to leave us bitter. He wants to take, he wants to do the opposite of what God would want us to do. And here's the deal, it could be something very small, or it could be something very big. Let me give you a couple of examples. On Instagram, ladies, there's that one lady you follow, you, you call her a friend, and you notice that every time she makes a post, has a really good filter or a really good write-up, you like that post, you heart that post, you comment on that post, and you watch that post. But over a period of time, that lady who you admire so much or that person that you admire so much, you begin to notice they don't ever like your post. They, they don't ever give you the heart. They don't ever comment. 
So you start to dig a little bit deeper, right? And that person that you once knew, you discover, doesn't even follow you on social media any longer. And then all of a sudden, what begins to happen? A little bit of offense. A little bit of bitterness creeps in. It's kind of one. How about this? It's the, the friend that you text. You got something going on in your life. You're like, I can count on this person. So you shoot a text message. You tell them what's going on. Now, because of the settings on their phone, they saw that you read it. Yeah, anybody had that feature turned on? Anybody turning that feature off? And all of a sudden, what happens is, is the bubbles start, right? And you go, oh, oh, great. They're texting back, but then the bubbles go away. And then the response never comes. Day goes by. Two days go by. You're like, man, I kind of bared my soul on something real here. And they started to text something, but, but now they're not. And what begins to happen is an offense begins to kick in. And that offense eventually turns to, to bitterness or to anger or resentment. It, it, it could be Christmas travel. All, all, all you people in here that have gotten married, do you remember that first year of being married where you had to have the conversation of where you're going for Christmas? You guys were quiet today, by the way. I might be hitting in on some marks. Do some of you remember the tension that was in the room? When it's like, no, 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 we, we always do this for Christmas right here. And then your spouse says, oh, no, 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 we always do this for Christmas right here. And then all of a sudden you start having those conversations with family. And what happens? You guys are smiling good. I got you here. What happens? Someone gets offended. And they get hurt. And now they've got an issue. Then all of a sudden you show up to Christmas Day, but you notice that hug isn't as warm as it used to be anymore. Seems a little cold, seems a little distant. Small stuff. What about the big stuff? I'll keep going because you're pretty quiet, so I'll start hitting it on deeper ones. What about the big stuff? Someone lies to you, deceives you, talks bad about you. What happens is a seed of offense begins to grow into what the Bible describes as the root of all bitterness. It's the relative that's always critical of you. Always wants to correct how you raise your children. Wants to tell you how you should run your finances. Wants to tell you about the opportunities that you've missed that you should have taken. And they begin to tell you that over and over. And you want their approval, but they never give it to you. They never show it to you. And offense begins to grow. Bitterness begins to come. It could be that person that takes advantage of you, misleads you, betrays you, and you realize, man, you know what? I've, I've got a seed of bitterness in my life. Whether it's small or whether it's big, how many of you guys could agree we've all been offended and we've all had to deal with bitterness? Would you look at your neighbor real quick and say, I've dealt with bitterness. If you don't have a neighbor, just talk to the person you wish was there. We've all got it. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I want you to look at me real quick, okay? A little bit quiet in the room today. It's a heavy topic. For some of you, matter of fact, just going over those examples has brought the person to light that you know you're dealing with this on. And can I just say something to you real quick? I'm not looking for a reason in the Christmas series, especially in a message series on a Sunday morning in a season full of joy and happiness to talk about something that could bring you utter pain in your life. I'm not looking to do that. But I know how God leads, and I know what happens in this season. If this is the season of joy and, and peace because of Jesus coming in the form of a baby to the throne, I know the opposite is going to take place. And I know that the enemy would want to steal all of that joy and that peace that we're supposed to have in this season. 
So I want you to, I want you to write this down. I, I really feel this is a key thought for this morning, whether you're in the room or watching online, when it comes to understanding this idea of offense and bitterness. And it goes like this. I am responsible for how I respond when others do what I can't control. I am responsible, you are, for how I respond when others do what I cannot control. I don't know if you've noticed this, but you can't control what people think about you, what they say about you, what they do to you. But the good news is, with God's help and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can control how you respond. The problem is, is we don't like to take personal inventory of how we're responding because we want to justify our response to someone who has said something or who has hurt us. In other words, we don't want to take personal responsibility. What we want to do is we want to justify it because of what they've done. And as we travel through this content today, I think there's some key truths that the Bible clearly says that is for you and is for me in this idea of letting go of bitterness. So the first question that I want to tackle today is, what's the problem with bitterness? I think we've got to define what the issue is with bitterness to understand what it can do to your life. So the first one is this. Number one is bitterness has a dangerous root. Now, notice what the word says in Hebrews 12, 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any, what's that next word say? Say root. Come on, get with me today, guys. Don't be quiet today at church. Let's talk. All right, what's it say? Root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. I was raised in what I would like to call the inner city of Sacramento. It's pretty close, pretty close to downtown. At about the age of, I think, 12 years old, we moved out to a place called Orangeville, which wasn't so much inner town. It was more so a little bit more country to a degree. So had some city life to it, but it was more country. Right behind our house was a creek, and it was an awesome creek. Matter of fact, there have been people who had gone there for decades before and built one of the greatest BMX tracks that I have ever seen in a creek. So when we moved there, man, we felt like we hit the lottery on this place. So we would grab our bikes and we would run and we would break our bikes. I mean, it was left and right, but it was awesome. Well, growing up in the city, I didn't see too many of these oak trees, but when we moved to Orangeville, man, they were everywhere. And, and here's the deal. Outside of picking up the leaves, for any of you who own oak trees, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, it was miserable. But man, I loved an oak tree. I love the healthy ones because we all know what happens with the bad ones. They fall on houses and roofs like it did at our house in Orangeville. But man, these, these things are amazing. I don't know if you've ever looked up these, these mighty oak trees, but we're talking limbs that, that can grow completely horizontal, weighing about 5,000 pounds. Like when you see the, the cool little pictures, like the, uh, it's what I call the Instagram setup picture, by the way, you know, hey, I'm going to go sit in the tree with the book, lean up against there. You get about 50 feet away, wait for the sunset to hit right there. And then I want you to snap that because I'm posting this without any filter today, right? And you see people, man, they're, they're just leaning up against these, these beautiful, beautiful oak trees. Fun fact, if you were to go down below the ground to the roots of these oak trees, and were to grab not only the big, but the small ones. 
and put them end to end, it would go out to be almost one full linear mile for just one tree. But here's the thing, deep below the surface, down. Yes, some come up, but some also grow down. And I've learned a lot about this whole idea of a root of bitterness, and it kind of works the same way. Sometimes you can't always see it, but if you're not careful, they continue to grow and to go wider and to go deeper, slowly beneath the surface. I think all of us at some point have experienced hurt, disappointment, letdowns, and lies. And you may not even notice, but inside of your own life, the root of bitterness or offense has begun to take shape. I can remember, as I think I've shared the story before of one of my greatest mentors one day, as we had felt God calling us to a different city. And this mentor that I loved, that I admired, that I worked for, whether it be in a moment of frustration or just a long day or what have you, I could remember as my wife and I in our own living room in our own house began to tell them what God was calling us to do. That at one point we were laughed at. And I, man, I tried to convince myself, you know what? I ain't gonna let that get to me. Not everyone's gonna understand. I just know I heard from God. I know Vanessa heard from God. So we weren't gonna let what someone thought determined what we were supposed to do. And can I just tell you, no one lies to ourselves better than we do, right? We're really good at that. So man, I remember I masked that thing down. And when I say this was a mentor of my life, I mean, this, this was the mentor of my life in my own home laughing at what I felt God called us to do. And for over a year, I carried that offense with me. And any time it sprang out, I'd be like, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. But the reality was I was lying to myself. And I can remember the exact parking lot where I finally said a little after a year that I've got an offense in my heart towards this man. And if I don't deal with it, it's going to deal with me. So I remember I called him. And it was hard for me to do that because even though he had done that to me, I still admired him with all my heart. And I remember I called him and I said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I've carried an offense towards you. And I don't want to get bitter. And I remember that day, man, we, we squashed it. In other words, we, we took care of it. And the reason that I felt it was so important to do so is because I didn't want my life to be weighed down by bitterness or by offense. There's a scripture that helped me tremendously. And you know what's funny about this scripture is we usually quote this scripture at weddings, which I think it's good for it. I think we should. But actually, when you read this scripture, it's actually talking about conflict with one another. And it's between chapter 12 and chapter 14, but right in 1 Corinthians 13, there's this, this thing that God would want us to know. Many of you guys know this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And here's the part that got me every time I read it. It keeps no record of wrongs. 
Man, I tell you right now, when it comes to offense, you want to get over offense real quick? Love. And understand that love keeps no record of wrong. So love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And then it says in verse 8, love never fails. Now here's the deal. You might say, look, he hurt me. She, she misled me. They lied to me. They let me down. They told me something that would happen, but they didn't come through on their side. How about this one? They overpromised, but they underdelivered. No, no, you don't understand. They told me they'd never do it again. And they did. So I have every right to be offended, every right. To have bitterness. No, no, you don't. Did you know you could forgive someone that does not mean you have to agree with what they did to you? Yeah. And that does not mean that they got to be your best friend. Right. Now, I've said this before. That's why a lot of people don't know how to forgive. Because they don't understand the process of what takes place afterwards. When someone has hurt you, let you down, abused you. I mean, I want you to think about the worst case scenario that somebody would have to forgive somebody else. I want you to think how deep that goes and how hard it would be to say, you know what? I'm going to forgive them, but I don't know what to do next. Listen, you forgive. And then you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And I want to say something that might set some of you free. You've had somebody in your life that you're carrying bitterness and hurt and resentment towards. You need to forgive them. You need to let them go. And you need to trust God to help you walk that thing out. But that does not mean they have to come back into your inner circle. I won't get off into the weeds too much on this one, but I think we could all put that together. But according to scripture, I got to love. Bitterness will keep growing and growing and growing. And the longer you allow it to live, the deeper it grows and the harder it is to kill. So number one, it's a dangerous root. Here's the second thing about bitterness that we need to know. Bitterness is a poison to you and to others. In other words, our bitterness has collateral damage. One bitter person can divide a family. One bitter person can make a workplace utterly miserable. Just one. Notice the words at the end of verse 15 in Hebrews 12. And by this, many become defiled. Let me just say something to you real quick. Your bitterness, if not dealt with, affects more than just you. It affects others. So you got to work through it. Those are the two things that we need to know. Now I want to get you to the other side of, okay, if I've got bitterness in my heart and offense in my heart towards someone, what do I do with this thing as Nate comes? What do I do with this idea that I've got to let this go? Because the scripture shows it to be true. Before I give you point number one, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter four. It says this. It says, let all bitterness, say all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Verse 32, this will go a long way, especially in today's age. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, 
forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Uh-oh. Even as who? Christ. I love this, by the way. It's so cute. Look, look at me real quick. Number one, you got to understand your bitterness is killed with compassion. I want you to hear me. There's a tension growing in some today because you recognize that this offense that you've carried for a really long time is being addressed with you needing to express compassion towards an individual. And it's a tension. It says right there in Ephesians, tenderhearted. Now the word for that would be compassion. H have you noticed that the laws of heaven are always, almost always opposite to our human nature? Jesus said, if you want to be great, serve. If you want to first, be last. Oh, man. How about this one? Somebody strikes you, don't strike them back. That's where we get that phrase, turn the other cheek. I'm going to ask God a question one day. God, if I get hit twice and I have no more cheeks to turn, do I get to hit back now? You said turn the cheek. I got two. So what happens after this? I don't know. Just trying to lighten it up in here a little bit. Anybody else just want to just, never mind. When the word throat punch comes to mind, I just, I got to let it go. Get out. Listen, if you want to kill a root of bitterness inside of you, love and offer compassion. I want to read a scripture to you real quick in the message version. I want you to hear these words. This is fascinating. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil and hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. I love this one. Practice playing second fiddle. I prefer the drums, but a fiddle will do. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Ooh. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Some of you got very good at that. Bless them, Jesus. Bless them, Jesus. But that next thought that comes out your mind... Not so much blessing. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. I love this next one. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Comes to compassion. I think it's found there. Look at the words of Jesus, Luke chapter 6, verse 28. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. In the message translation, to you who are ready for the truth, I say this, love your enemies. I love this next one. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. 
want you to write this down. One of the greatest forms of compassion is to pray for someone who's done something terrible to you. One of the greatest forms of compassion is to pray for someone who's done something terrible to you. Why? Because praying for someone else may not change them, but when you pray, it will always change you. Every time. So number one, bitterness is killed with compassion. And then number two, and we close, bitterness is killed with forgiveness. It's killed with forgiveness. I've said it before, but you have no idea what they've done. You're right, I don't. But God does. And Paul simply writes, here's the deal. Get rid of it. And I want to say something to you. You forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And it leads me to this thought. You're not generating forgiveness. You're passing along something you've already received. People say, I got to muster up forgiveness. No, you don't. You give it away just as you received it. How did Jesus forgive you, church? How did he forgive you? It's okay. How did he forgive you? Did Jesus sit down and go, well, hold on, let me think about that real quick. You told me you'd never do that. Went back on your word. Let me think about it. Listen, the forgiveness of Jesus doesn't waver a second. The minute you ask, you receive. Unwavering, he forgives. And I know this can be difficult because there's different layers of what we feel. And some of you might go, well, I'm not Jesus. It's going to take a little bit longer. I get what you're saying there. But you need to be the type of person who can get to the place where you're able to say, hey, you know what? If someone does me wrong, my first instinct is I forgive you. I won't hold that against you. Now, we may need to talk some details out, but I forgive you. Or you know what? You might have to say, hey, I forgive you, but I need some space here for a little bit for me to figure this whole thing out of how I'm going to walk this thing out. But when it comes to forgiving someone, you're not generating it. It was a gift given to you for your sin, for your wrong, for your mistakes, for your failures. So it's something that you say, okay, if I got this gift for free, man, I freely give it away. That's how you deal with bitterness. You have compassion and you forgive. I want you to stand with me today as we close because it's gonna be a little bit of a different closing. And I understand that this is gonna be something that many of us are gonna have to wrestle with for a little bit. And I'm okay with that. Like I said, wasn't looking for a reason to preach a hard message in the Christmas season. But I also know that this comes up in the Christmas season. So I want you to work with it. When it comes to an offense, when it comes to bitterness, here's the thing. You can relive it. You can rehearse it. Or you can release it. 
Some of us have gotten very good at reliving what someone's done to us. You want to know where that gets you? Nowhere. Why go back to something that has crushed you and relive the whole thing over again? Just release it. Man, for some of us, man, we've rehearsed this thing. What if it was different? What if this didn't happen? What if I didn't say that? And what if they didn't do this? Oh, man, it, listen, is that going to change anything? It's already over. It's already been done. You want to know what happens when you rehearse someone hurting to you? Do you know what happens on the inside of you? You all know, right? You start to feel it again. And then anger stirs up. And I think the enemy just sits back and goes, got him again. Got him again. Always remember this principle. The enemy will always come back to something he's tried to tempt you with before. He did it to Jesus. He's going to do it to you. Remember, Jesus denied no temptation three times. What does the word say? That the devil left for the next opportune time. There have been issues in my life that I have forgiven people that years later, the memory has come back and it hits right here. It's the enemy. Recognize it. Put them out. Don't rehearse that thing. Uh, I'm telling you right now, release. Because here's the deal. We, we all know this to be true. When we choose not to forgive and we walk in offense and bitterness, who's the victim? Is it them or is it you? It's you. Come on now. We all, we all think that other person's thinking about this situation too, don't we? Come on, we buy into that? Oh, they're probably thinking about this just as much as I am. No, they're not. You are. I say this respectfully. Don't give a person that much power in your life that overrides forgiveness. You can't give that to them. You forgive, you let go. Corinthians, not keeping record of wrongs. It's not going to do it. You guys ever play that card game, Spades? Anybody? What's the trump card in that game? The ace of, and once it's played, it's over, right? Let that ace of spades be the forgiveness card. Stop holding on to it and put it down. 